the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930. The Answer. And a very good afternoon to you. Welcome to this Thursday edition of the Bill Bunkley Show. We're broadcasting from our Salem Stadium Studios here in Tampa, Florida. And uh, it's going to be a very, very busy day. We have a lot on tap for you this afternoon. Always, uh, you have uh, questions for the day, and I'm going to have some uh, conservative answers to go along with that. Something you're not going to get to from the liberal media. We are simulcasting right now all across Central Florida on uh, our Fate Talk stations, also on our answer stations, and on the biz. And on the biz, our business uh, station, let me just update our listeners there. The uh, markets closed just a moments ago. The Dow Jones Industrials was down uh, 28 uh, plus points, closing at uh, 21,783. NASDAQ was down seven and change at uh, 6,271. And the S&P 500 was also off uh, more than $5 at 2,438. And uh, that is your market update uh, this afternoon. Well, have some breaking news out of Charleston this afternoon, and that uh, you might have heard that there was a hostage situation, and because of what happened uh, in the church just uh, not too long ago, I know I had some thoughts, oh, no, not again. Uh, that's when we had uh, the ambush that went in on that Wednesday night prayer service. Uh, praise the Lord, uh, from my point of view, that's not what we're dealing with this afternoon. But uh, we had a hostage situation break out in a restaurant. This was not terrorism. This was not anybody other than a disgruntled employee. And um, the restaurant employee was um, uh, who was shot by the assailant has died. And so the um, restaurant employee who had a beef with someone of um, he was working with, unfortunately, that person was shot and killed. That coming to us from the mayor of Charleston, John uh, Tecklenburg. All the hostages that were in the restaurant were rescued safely, according to Interim Charleston Police Chief Jerome Taylor. Uh, He has not uh, released how many uh, hostages that was. Um, The disgruntled employee, uh, the shooter, was shot by police and has been taken to a local hospital in critical condition. And again, the mayor wanted to make sure this is not an act of terrorism or a hate crime Police were called out about the active shooter just after 12 p.m. And if you're familiar with um, Virginia, Virginia, if you're familiar with Charleston, the restaurant was um, Virginia's on King. So um, with that, that's our update for this afternoon. Well, um, we've got a couple of major stories we're going to cover here on the Florida Beat. First of all, uh, did you know what happened 25 years ago on this date? I can remember it, and uh, for those of you who lived in the state of Florida, you can remember it. It was the day that Hurricane Andrew slammed into the Florida East Coast, came across Homestead. We'll talk about that today. In fact, we'll take you back to a little bit of a memory lane uh, because 
This was a devastating, devastating Cat 5 hurricane. I've lived in Florida all of my life. I've been through several hurricanes. I think my first was Hurricane Donna back in the late 50s. I was just a little tight uh, back then. But um, give you a little idea we're going to talk about. Hurricane Andrew, Cat 5, it was very, very wide. It was like a huge tornado. It absolutely just cut everything off as it came through. And I was there just days after it came through to tour the area. And I want to tell you what, you would not believe Homestead and um, Floral City, they were leveled. Well, do you realize it's been a little over 10 years since we've had a major hurricane hit the United States, a major one? Guess what? That record's going to come to a close Friday evening. Harvey has come to life in the Gulf of Mexico. It popped up to a hurricane status, uh, 85-mile-an-hour winds. We'll talk about that. It's going to be a Cat 3 by the time it pulls into Houston. We'll give you an update on where that's going to be. And um, we also have uh, some comments. A very sad day just up the road from us uh, here on Interstate 4 over to Kissimmee, home of um, Disney World. And as you recall, just a few days ago, two of Kissimmee's finest were gunned down, uh, the police department. Today was their memorial service, and we'll be sharing uh, some about that. It was at uh, First Baptist Church of Orlando. The Dr. David Youth is the pastor there, a uh, good friend, and uh, just uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, congregations that has a large enough sanctuary, and uh, they unfortunately have uh, um, experience. Uh, at uh, hosting some um, very wide funerals, and so that's what we have uh, happening there. Now, coming up on today's program, we're going to have with us, uh, hopefully, um, he was in a meeting and uh, he had to reschedule, but uh, we should have uh, Bob Gualateri with us, and we're going to be talking about um, the juvenile justice laws have really, um, they're outdated, and uh, we'll talk about the problems they're having, with, especially with these repeat offender, uh, the young thugs under 17 years of age, under 18 years of age. Then we're going to have the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in the second hour. That's Dr. Albert Moeller. He's going to be coming to uh, speak at our pastor's appreciation event. That's a a very big deal on our faith talk stations, 57910 and 102.1. Going to talk to him about uh, what he's going to be sharing. And of course, uh, he is um, a keen observer of uh, all things cultural. We'll have a chance to talk with him about that. Plus, we're then going to be talking to um, the CEO of the uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. We got a forum coming up on September the 5th, God at Work. That's also in our second hour. And again, that of a primary, primary, primary interest to our Faith Talk listeners. Phone lines are open at 813-287-5700. That's 813-287-5700 in Tampa, Sarasota, Bradenton, Manatee County. Your local number is 941-955-0930. For all others across Florida and the U.S., call me toll-free, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Well, to go back on memory lane for just a moment, it was 25 years ago when Hurricane Andrew slammed into the state. Let's go ahead and uh, take a look back. Michael has been doing some research in the archives. This will give you a little bit of an idea of how we as Floridians, well, while we were waking up or following up with the news of what happened and the devastation, well, let's take you back 25 years and listen in. 
The National Hurricane Center said it recorded wind gusts of 164 miles an hour during the height of the storm, which was the strongest hurricane to hit the Miami area directly in 27 years. Now that Andrew has punched Florida, the storm is in the Gulf, building strength and apparently taking aim on Louisiana. President Bush has declared South Florida a federal disaster area, meaning that people who lost their businesses and homes can now apply for federal help to try to start the rebuilding process all over again. This is Charles Erie reporting live from Miami. Thank you, Charles. It's been a long time since Miami was reminded of a hurricane's clutches. During the early morning hours of the storm, Jeff Bernthal and his photographer stayed up during the entire event. It's about 3 a.m. on the streets of Miami right now. Winds are close to 100 miles per hour, and the eye of Andrew hasn't even approached yet. As you can see, the wind is causing much damage at this point. Streetlights are dangling in trees as if they're about ready to fall onto the streets below. Palm trees are bending and breaking the parts of the street. They're blocking parts of the roads and causing a, a great deal of damage other things in this area. Right now, again, winds are at about 100 miles per hour, and the city of Miami is in a state of emergency. And uh, what you need to know is, is that was not where the eye of the store came in, came in, came on shore. It came in on shore down in Homestead. And again, think about this, 164 miles an hour. Uh, I have uh, interviewed the National Hurricane Service uh, years ago on this and uh, understand that this particular storm, it was built like a tornado. The winds were so tightly compact, just like you would see with a tornado. And then when you had this huge footprint, the storm was extremely wide and it came through Homestead, came through Floral City. Uh, Homestead Air Force Base got wiped out down there. Uh, the Miami Zoo that was south of Miami, uh, they had uh, tremendous problems because all of the cages uh, were compromised. We had animals everywhere. You could see, uh, we're talking about oak trees, pine trees, all sorts of trees just, just chopped off, just as if you had a big bandsaw that was coming in horizontally. And then when you went um, uh, flying overhead and taking a helicopter tour, it was amazing. It was like the houses just blew up. I mean, it was it was devastating. It looked like it was a little little matchsticks from the air that was part of the reinforcing two by fours, the roofs, and um, all of that. And so um, it's been a long time. And of course, we had some issues. Had to bring in the, the um, National Guard, and uh, had some looting and those issues. But uh, tell you what. That has been the big storm. Now, what I'm concerned about uh, now is that um, we've had year after year, we haven't had a major storm, major impact. That's going to be changing because, as I said a moment ago, Hurricane Harvey, uh, thankfully, is not heading here. In fact, it's not going to be hitting anywhere in the state of Florida. It's going to be going in actually west of Houston, Texas. And I can tell you, at the moment, it's far enough west that uh, there have been no alerts for um, uh, George Bush uh, Houston Intercontinental Airport closing down. That could that could change. But let me tell you how we have to keep uh, our friends uh, there along the Texas Gulf Coast uh, in our thoughts and prayers. It's going to be going in as a Cat 3 hurricane. 
and uh, it's going to have tremendous rains, and that's because the water temperature in the Gulf of Mexico in its path is extremely warm, not only on the surface, but all the way down deep. That's where it gets uh, sort of a uh, a narrow shelf underneath uh, the surface of the water. And uh, get this, it's going to go into the uh, mainland, and it's going to stall just a couple of miles. Right now is what uh, all of the hurricane tracks are telling us. It's going to stall, and it's going to rain and rain and rain and rain. So not only do we have the wind that's going to be impacting that area, we're going to have the storm surge because of those winds, and then they're going to be having just excessive amount of rains. People are evacuating and fleeing that area, and the question is, uh, will it pop back out, twirl around a little bit? But nonetheless, um, it's not going to be impacting us. So we want to um, keep an eye on that. There's another storm system that's coming our way out of the Atlantic. It's not going to be a hurricane, tropical storm. But um, we believe that this weekend that there is going to be quite a bit of moisture in that. So we're going to see that coming through. Many people will honestly be deceived and think it's part of uh, Hurricane Harvey. It's not. It really is another system that is coming across. We have been told by our friends down south, the National Hurricane Center, that this is going to be an above active season. And so we're going to be keeping our eyes on that for sure. Well, as uh, we await an opportunity to talk to the sheriff of Pinellas County, up next, this afternoon, a sad day at First Baptist Church Orlando. And that is two of um, Kissimmee's finest who put their lives on the line, a shot dead in the line of duty. Uh, their memorial service was today. We'll hear um, excerpts from that and uh, talk about the role police officers play They run into danger while we run away. And if you just think about being an officer in today's environment, certainly I can't think of a a time where it was more dangerous. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Your thoughts, 877-943-9673 as we keep it on the Florida beat. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Online at am930theanswer.com. In this new reality of daily attacks on our conservative beliefs, family values, and our proud American way of life, it's important to remember you're not alone. November confirmed that, and we are with you. We are AM 930, The Answer. Did you know the stock market is up over 250% in the past eight years? And some financial experts say we're only in the eighth year of a 20-year bull market. But what if the market takes a downturn? What will happen to your 401k? What will happen to your retirement nest egg? You remember 2008-2009 when your 401k dropped big time. Americans lost over $2.4 trillion, or over 25% of their investments. At PhilzGang.com, we teach you to keep your investments and to secure your financial future. With PhilzGang.com, you'll learn how to understand to invest in the stock market and how to keep the profits you work so hard for. Avoid the financial pain. Don't be exposed to losing your retirement nest egg. Take control and secure your investments with PhilzGang.com. Don't hesitate. Learn, invest, and make profits with PhilzGang.com. For more information, information, simply go to philsgang.com or call 877-600-GANG. That's 877-600-4264. Again, 877-600-4264. AM 930, Stress Saver, Traffic Report. 
Good afternoon. Thursday ride home in good shape on 75, moving well through Sarasota and Manatee County. So far, the bridges are also looking good. The DeSoto Bridge, Business 41 and the Skyway, all accident and delay free. No problems on 301, 41, moving well in the Bradenton area. State Road 64 eastbound, earlier crash at Oak Leaf Boulevard, still has eastbound jammed up approaching that. State Road 70 in pretty good shape. University Parkway's trouble-free. Fruitvale, Bee Ridge, Clark Road's moving well. Tuttle, McIntosh, Proctor, and Swift all in good shape. In the Venice area, Laurel Road 681, Tamiami Trail looking good. Venice Avenue at Pinebrook had a crash reported there. Dave Kosh on FM 93.7, 102.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Welcome back, Bill Bunkley here on the Bill Bunkley Show. And um, coming up on uh, 22 minutes past the hour, I want to remind you that we have a special book giveaway this month. It's part of our ongoing promotion with Regnery Publishing, our sister organization. This month, it is The Big Lie, Exposing the Nazi, the Nazi Roots of the American Left, written by Dinesh D'Souza, and a uh, very fascinating read. Dinesh is an accomplished historian and uh, has taken on a very interesting topic in light of what's happening in our country today. You can register to win one of not one, two, three, four, but five books. We have five books to give away, five copies, and it's very simple. Got two different websites you can go to to register. One is am860theanswer.com or am930theanswer.com. Click on the contest tab on the menu bar. And by the way, you can enter in day after day after day after day, and that can increase your chances. Also, if you want to go back to our archives, Dinesh was uh, with me, uh, what was it, last week? And uh, or the week before. Hard to tell. A lot of things happening. I think it was last week. Dinesh was with us, and so if you'd like to hear that interview, you can download it at our podcast page at letstalkfaith.com and get plugged in there. Well, earlier today, the memorial service was held for two of uh, Kissimmee's police officers who were gunned down. One was Sergeant Richard Sam Howard, and the other was Officer Matthew Baxter. It uh, got underway just after 11 o'clock this morning, and um, we had our own governor, Rick Scott, uh, was there. And we also had an opportunity to hear... Uh, and this one, this one cut is from the police chief the or the mayor. All right. Um, and it's a, it's a couple of minutes, but I think it's worthwhile to pay, to pay uh, homage to um, uh, these fallen officers. So let's listen in. Uh, Today we are here to reflect on the impact of two fallen heroes. Sergeant Sam Howard and Officer Matthew Baxter are now law enforcement angels called to join too many others as they begin their next chapter of service. Their duty now is to provide watch over their remaining Kissimmee Police Department brothers and sisters as they continue in their service to the city of Kissimmee. As I began preparations in determining my remarks for today, I recognized many similarities between Sam and Matthew. You know, law enforcement is a unique endeavor, and most who serve in this arena would insist that it is a calling versus a profession. 
There are very few undertakings so noble as the protection of those who cannot protect themselves. Both of our heroes today were called to law enforcement as evidenced by their commitment to excellence in their individual assignments. I would consider Sam and Matthew to be what I call the epitome of a true law enforcement professional and what that stands for. This hit me a little harder than um, than maybe other uh, very sad situations because uh, that are not directly in uh, my county or my area. Now, Kissimmee is only about an hour east of here. If you know where you uh, get off that first exit uh, past Highway 27 going into Walt Disney World, you are in Kissimmee. But the reason why this really caught my attention, the very day, the very day that uh, these officers were gunned down that evening, I actually had, um, I was in meetings all day in Orlando, and I was coming back from those meetings. And uh, the traffic, uh, Google gave me alert, and boy, I got the red line from basically SeaWorld all the way to Highway 27, and I was uh, just coming up on that Disney exit, so guess what I did? I hopped off and drove uh, through some of the um, uh, eastern streets of Kissimmee to go all the way down and around and come back on Highway 27 and jump back on the interstate because it was just uh, horrendous. And then it was an hour or two later that um, I got the first uh, tweet um, as I follow law enforcement and uh, other news organizations and uh, that uh, there had been shots fired concerning two Kissimmee police officers. And then I started paying close attention, and then um, we found out um, of this sad fate. I have, uh, for years, I have, um, haven't been out recently, but... uh, for those of you who listen to the program, you know that uh, I used to go out pretty regularly on ride-alongs uh, with law enforcement and uh, have had some pretty interesting nights. In fact, I, I always kind of kid with uh, close friends that when I looked at the, uh, the, the uh, opportunity to go out and do the ride-alongs, I always wanted to wait until there was, um, there was a full moon that kind of coincided right around Friday night. Um, only because uh, law enforcement will tell you that on a on a Friday night full moon, don't know what it, don't know what what happens, but you know you'll see um, some interesting things out of the culture and out of individuals. And so, um, but I don't know. I I, I tell you, if you were going to do a ride along today, uh, I don't. You know the the odds are certainly uh, in your favor that nothing would happen because. Uh, when you look at it's kind of like flying in an air, a commercial airliner. When one goes down, you really get a little paranoid thinking about it. But think about the millions of people who are on on a scheduled flight every day, and it didn't happen to them on that day. And then likewise, you have um, this opportunity where you've got um, how many law enforcement officers are out and about. So, but I haven't done a ride along in. Uh, who knows if uh, Mrs. Bunkley would think it'd be a great idea here in the contemporary environment that we're in for me uh, to do that. But uh, I say that with all due respect. And um, we need to honor our law enforcement individuals. I had lunch yesterday at, um, well, I'll tell you, I went to La Terracita restaurant. 
uh, in Columbus Drive in the heart of my old stopping grounds there in West Tampa. And uh, one, two, three, five of Tampa Finest were there. We were actually not in the main restaurant, but there's uh, uh, like a lunch counter. And um, went in while I was eating. I uh, had a couple of corporals, a sergeant, and a couple of plainclothes guys. And, um, you know, just, just sat there, thought about them. They were all together having a, having a routine lunch. And it just, the Lord just placed on my mind, or I thought it myself, and I said, you know, you never know what's going to happen to these guys in the next three or four hours. So um, I know that we're not happy when we're pushing the speed limit, and uh, we get popped. And uh, all I got to say is, hey, when you're 10 miles over, and that's usually when you get popped, I mean, you're you're pushing enough to get the ticket. Um, and so... Um, to understand the level of commitment uh, of our law enforcement uh, is something that um, I think it's something for us to keep in our wheelhouse. Coming up in a moment, the sheriff of a Hill of a Pinellas County, I should say, Bob Gualateri, is going to be with us. And um, he's got some concerns that our juvenile justice laws are outdated. That interview on a local beat on the Bill Bunkley Show coming up next. Don't go away. I'll be right back. If you smile at me, I will understand Cause that is something everybody everywhere does AM 930, The Answer Online at am930theanswer.com With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington Corpus Christi, Texas, among communities under an evacuation advisory ahead of tomorrow night's expected arrival of Hurricane Harvey. Harvey expected to make landfall northeast of Corpus Christi. Some areas in the hurricane zone could get more than 20 inches of rain, according to forecasters. A hostage standoff in Charleston, South Carolina, ended today with the lone gunman shot and wounded by police. A restaurant worker who was shot by the gunman has died. When it comes to the president's relationship with Republican leaders in Congress, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says it's fine. She also dismisses Senator Bob Corker's claim that Mr. Trump has failed to demonstrate confidence or stability in his role as president. On Wall Street today, the Dow closed down 29 points. More details at srnnews.com. So just how smart is your smartphone? Add a couple of dozen IQ points to your digital friend by downloading the AM 930 app. Local news, national headlines, and incisive commentary. Turning your smartphone into a genius. The AM 930 app is the answer. You've got to try Paisano's Pizza and Calzones. Paisano's serves up many thin crust pizzas and Sicilian style thick crust pizza sold by the strip. The sauce, crust, and toppings are amazing. Or how about their calzones? Spinach and mozzarella, eggplant, or the Italian, made just like the sandwich, but in a calzone. And you've got to try another customer favorite, the Godfather. Sausage, meatballs, green peppers, sauce, and cheese. I'm getting hungry. Time for Paisano's. Yum. The stock market doesn't come with instructions. So how can the average investor make above-average returns? Listen to Best Stocks Now with Bill Gunderson. Investors trust Bill with hundreds of millions under management. As president of Gunderson Capital Management, he's been featured on Fox News, Fox Business, The Street, and Market Watch. To boil it down, this guy knows what he's talking about. These days, that's saying something. Best Stocks Now with Bill Gunderson. Weekdays at 11 a.m. on AM 930, The Answer.
This is Michael Medved, your cultural crusader, making it clear to you that you can hear my show, The Michael Medved Show, for all three hours now. Tonight, starting at 9 o'clock, right after Larry Elder. Now, of course, if you ever miss a program or if you want to hear the show live, you can always go to our website. Go to michaelmedved.com and find out how to access all kinds of other cool stuff. That's michaelmedved.com. And make sure to listen tonight at 9, right here on FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. AM 930, Stress Saver, Traffic Report. Good afternoon, 75 northbound slow ride between University Parkway and State Road 70. The bridges still in pretty good shape. The uh, DeSoto and the Business 41, as well as the Skyway, all moving well. But a little slow uh, just off the DeSoto Bridge uh, southbound on the south end of the bridge between the uh, bridge and State Road 64. State Road 64 eastbound earlier crash at Oakleaf Boulevard. Still has some lane blockage and still has eastbound jammed up all the way back past 27th Street East. No problems on State Road 70. University Parkway's looking good. Fruitville, some eastbound delays right around Cattleman. No problems on Weber, Bee Ridge, or Clark. And things are looking good in the Venice area. I'm Dave Kosh on FM 93.7, 102.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Partly cloudy tonight with a shower or heavy thunderstorm. Low 78, mostly cloudy with a shower or a thunderstorm Friday. High 90, a bit cloudy with a brief shower or two Friday night. Low 78. Saturday, rather cloudy, with showers and thunderstorms becoming more widespread, high 90. I'm Matt Roberts for FM 93.7, 103.1, and AM 930, The Answer. Welcome back. It is 34 minutes past the hour in the Bill Bunkley Show. Going to turn our focus on a local story that uh, is of interest to those of us throughout the entire Bay Area, and that is uh, what's happening on our streets, uh, especially as it uh, has to relate to teenage offenders. And uh, there is some real signs that some of the laws that we have on the books certainly need a little bit of updating. Someone who's going to be joining me right now is not a stranger, especially if you live in Pinellas County. And I'm talking about uh, Sheriff Bob Agualatari. And uh, he has been with the Pinellas County, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office since November of uh, 2011. He began his career there over 30 years ago. He was originally a detention deputy in the jail. And then he went to work for the Dunedin Police Department, returned. And uh, in 1991, he was named Pinellas County's Sheriff of the Year for his efforts in dismantling major drug trafficking organizations throughout the use of electronic surveillance. I can tell you he's played a major role in the Florida Sheriff's Association. I can't tell you how many committee meetings I've sat in in Tallahassee that he has been there representing the association or representing Pinellas County. With that, Sheriff, it's an honor to have you with us this afternoon. Yeah, good to be with you. Tell me a little bit about what's happening, because we know there have been two very high-profile tragedies. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, six teens were involved in that stolen car crash there in your county. Three of them were dead. Last year, we had three other teens that were found dead in a stolen car. These teens had extensive criminal histories. Um, how are we not dealing with these particular offenders, and are they getting lumped in with maybe the uh, the, occasion, the occasional youngster who goes out and you know steals something from a Walmart? Well, I think that you know the, the last part of your question is true. I think that we're not doing uh, a good enough job. The system is not doing a good enough job in differentiating uh, 
between the kids who just make a mistake and those that are hardcore and prolific offenders. And more needs to be done with these prolific offenders and hold them accountable. Uh, you know, the, the problem is at its core with these kids is that when there is no consequence, there's no fear of consequence. And when you don't have that fear of consequence, then you end up with what we have here, which is uh, a group that is out of control, running amok, and causing some very serious public safety issues throughout the community. Hmm. If you were to draft the perfect legislation to do some tweaks here, what do you think the areas, what sort of teeth would you like to give uh, your officers on the street to be able to more better serve the community with uh, keeping these uh, these repeat offenders in check? Well, I think we made great progress on that this past legislative session. We just weren't able to pull it fully across the finish line. And we uh, proposed, and the legislature passed, and the governor signed what's called a prolific juvenile offender bill that would keep these kids in. What was happening before is they would get convicted. So they go out and steal all these cars and then get convicted and get sentenced to a residential program. Well, there was a whole bunch of reasons why they didn't go right from court into the sentenced program, which is kid jail, and they'd go home, which is ridiculous. So they go home for two or three months, and then, of course, while they're waiting to go to the residential program, waiting to go to jail, they go out and commit more crimes. We closed that part of the problem, that loophole, if you will, and uh, now this new law takes effect October 1 is they'll stay in custody until they go to the program. Well, on the front end, when they get arrested, and this is not a good place, I don't think, to be, is that in Florida today, you can have a kid that goes out and commits an armed robbery, commits a very serious crime. The most that the judge can hold them in jail is 21 days, and then they got to get out. So for these prolific offenders, we wanted to close that and say if it's a prolific offender, by definition, that the judge can keep them in detention until they're tried. Well, the Department of Juvenile Justice didn't have the resources for that, and so we had to uh, make some adjustments and compromise. So the new law taking effect will not have that provision on the front end, and I think that uh, we need to revisit that. I think that that's important because, again, these kids, are, don't have, they have no fear of consequence. They don't care about the 21 days. And if anybody uh, read the article that was in the paper this last Sunday in the Tampa Bay Times with this kid Isaiah Battle, you know, right from his mouth, he is a prolific juvenile offender uh, who's now been uh, charged as an adult. He's going to end up going to state prison. He gets sentenced ne- next week. And he said the reason why he kept doing it was the system was so soft. He said that he was shocked at how easy it was. He'd go to the juvenile detention center for a few hours and be back out. Go and be back out. So when you got the kids realizing that the system's soft, we've got to do something to tighten it up. Mm. What impact over the last decades would you say, Sheriff, uh, has to do with the breakdown of the family? Uh, I know that, uh, you know, back in the uh, 50s and 60s, we certainly had juvenile crime, but uh, it has just so increased. And and I've got to think that uh, when you don't have two parents uh, that are engaged, uh, or at least one parent engaged, and these kids have so much time on their hands, and now with all the social media where they can communicate instantly as quick as you can with your officers on the radio, it just seems like a perfect storm that once you're in this in this cycle, it's almost impossible to get out of it. Well, it's very true. And, you know, in some circumstances, you know, these kids are to some degree, and I you know, take this in context, they're victims themselves. They're victims of circumstance, and the apple's not falling far from the tree is that a lot of these kids are in environments where either they have no parents, uh, they have one parent. Uh, A lot of times the other parent or both parents are in jail or in prison. Uh, Some of them are being raised by relatives. But they don't have the right, in many cases, the right supervision, uh, the right mentors, the right role models, and they're allowed uh, to run amok or 
the people who are trying is they just run roughshod over them. You know, one of those girls last year, uh, her father's in prison, mother was nowhere to be found, and she's living with an 80-year-old grandmother who just couldn't control her. So uh, there is no doubt that uh, what's not going on in the homes uh, with uh, these prolific offenders contributes to it. And you know, law enforcement certainly is trying uh, and has a role here in dealing with the consequences. But in order to fix it, we need to get to the root cause, and the root cause is socioeconomic and within the families. And we're looking at a variety of options and a variety of ways to address that. But that takes a really a holistic and a community effort and uh, not just law enforcement to get to fixing the root cause of that problem. Mm. Listening to a familiar voice uh, in our community, and it's the sheriff uh, of the Pinellas County Sheriff's Department, Bob Gualatieri. And uh, we're talking about the have been talking about this broken juvenile justice system. But uh, I've got to ask you, Sheriff, because just before you came on, we were remembering uh, two of the fallen officers in Kissimmee, Sergeant Richard Sam Howard and Officer Matthew Baxter. And the same night that uh, they were murdered, you had two other uh, officers shot in Jacksonville. This is not what policing was. There was always a danger 10, 20 years ago. But uh, with what's happening in the culture now, tell us a little bit about what your day is like, because you just don't know any second that this can happen in our community, right? Yeah, it could happen right now. Uh, you know, and you can't make sense out of the senseless. Uh, it is, uh, you know, a very dangerous job. Uh, and there are people out here that uh, don't respect law enforcement and just want to hurt cops. And that's the nature uh, of what we deal with um, and, the, and sometimes the people that we uh, come in contact with. And um, it's an absolute tragedy. You know, I, I watched some of that funeral this morning, and, uh, you know, it shakes you because you see the spouses, mm. you see the family members, you see the kids. And these are, you know, two officers that went to work that day um, to do a job to keep the community safe. Hope that they would go home at the end of the day, and they didn't uh, because some selfish person uh, decided that he didn't want to have consequences himself or he was uh, exacting some revenge on them, and he took their lives. Um, And so it's uh, a real tragedy. Mm. Well, our thoughts or prayers are with the officers, and unfortunately it's a scene that repeats itself far too often, and uh, we just continue to pray for safety of all officers, and today with an emphasis on Pinellas County. Before I let you go, Sheriff, uh, this this particular story came out uh, after we had initially uh, approached you about the juvenile story, and that is uh, I know that you were very proactive to work with the Trump administration in terms of uh, – the new guidelines as far as undocumented immigrants and holding them. And it seems like that, uh, as always, there's a there's a financial issue here with you're going to pull people in, hold them, who's going to pay for it. And it seems like the, the administration hasn't gotten the procedures down. Give us some insight on that. Yeah, it's a very complicated issue, but at, at its core, uh, you know, for me, uh, it's really not about the money. It's about doing the right thing and, and making sure that people who are here illegally who are also committing crimes, these criminal illegals are held accountable and that the administration, because one of the things that most people don't know is is that immigration enforcement is solely within the responsibility of the federal government. We have no authority under law to enforce immigration laws. Only the federal government does. 
but we certainly can help them. And that's what we need to do and we should do, especially as it relates to these criminal illegals. None of us wants a Kate Steinle situation. You know, a couple weeks ago, there was a situation out in Portland, Oregon, where they let a guy out and he went out and raped a 65-year-old woman. He had been deported several times before. Mm-hmm. None of us want that. But as sheriffs, uh, as law enforcement officers, we also have an obligation to follow the law. And we can't violate uh, civil rights and constitutional rights. And to many people's surprise, uh, these people who are here illegally, and I don't make the law, I enforce it, but they have constitutional rights. They have limited constitutional rights, and they have Fourth Amendment rights. A lot of people don't like that, uh, but I don't make the law, and I enforce it. But the reality is is that uh, the courts have said that these people have those rights and that they have to be respected. So we're trying to work out uh, a solution with the Trump administration so that we can ensure uh, within the law that we can hold these criminal illegal aliens in the jails until ICE has an opportunity to come get them because that's the right thing to do as it relates to these criminal illegals. And you got a whole other segment out there that are not criminal illegals. They're here illegally, and, of course, that's the – uh, epitome of the immigration debate, but uh, our focus, our concern is safety, the safety of the community, and making sure that these people who are these criminal illegals don't go out there and wreak havoc, they don't commit crimes, and ICE has an opportunity to remove them from the country. And I support that. I know the majority of sheriffs do. you got your places like San Francisco and Chicago and a few of those that uh, have these sanctuary policies, but uh, you know, there's no place for that, and we don't have any sanctuary policy here in Pinellas County by all means. Uh, I wholly support ICE and, and want to do everything I can to help them, and, and I'm working uh, with the National Sheriff's Association so that we can uh, implement a reasonable solution to this uh, nationwide so that more sheriffs can cooperate and help them do their job and get these criminal illegals out of here. Mm. Well, Sheriff, you actually answered my last question because I know that there were some statements in the administration that seemed to possibly cast a broad brush that some communities were kind of dragging their feet, kind of like leaning towards sanctuary. And uh, the fact that the implementation coordination is not there as far as and who's going to be paying for what, you are wanting to make sure that people knew that uh, uh, in your department you're certainly not operating. Anything has to do with sanctuary cities, and so you made that very clear. Right. Um, Sheriff, let me just thank you for your service on behalf of the citizens uh, there in Pinellas County, of course, all of us in the Bay Area. Uh, you have uh, served uh, the, uh, the department well and appreciate uh, your expertise you bring to Tallahassee. And, of course, we always keep uh, you and your men and women safe, and thank you for for your service uh, to our, your county, to our country. Well, you're very welcome and uh, glad to be with you today. All right. Look forward to having another conversation at some point in the future. Sure. Take care. God bless. That is Sheriff Bob Gualatieri, and he is the sheriff of Pinellas County. And, uh, by the way, if you missed any portion of our interview today, you can go to our podcast at letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com after the show. And uh, you can plug in there. Well, coming up in a moment, uh, we've got more of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up and going to be taking a quick break. And I want to remind you that uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Twitter at forward slash at Bill Bunkley. Also, I'm still old fashioned. If you want to send me a friend request uh, over on Facebook, you can do that at Bill Bunkley as well. And uh, always remind you that if you would like to get uh, an email update, it takes you about 10 seconds to read each excuse me, each morning of uh, one or two of the scheduled guests for the day, go to letstalkfaith.com. On the top of the page, just click our newsletter tab and click the Bill Bunkley Show and give us your email. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't you dare touch that dial. I'll be right back. Hey, hey, let's talk about the distractions. Go ahead. 
The Rays blank the Toronto Blue Jays 2-0 on the final game of a three-game series in the final game of the homestand. Alex Cobb got the start for the Rays and the bullpen finished strong. Corey Dickerson added an insurance home run in the bottom half of the eighth inning. So the Rays, having taken two out of three from the Blue Jays, now head off on a nine-game road trip that will start tomorrow night in St. Louis and also take them to Kansas City and Chicago before they return home. Buccaneers wrapped up training camp today. Bucks coach Dirk Cutter. Way more plays on offense, way more schemes on defense than you could ever use in one game. And then you but you want to teach it to the players, get it on tape, review it, and then you're going to be pulling in and out of that as the season unwinds. So, you know, I feel good about the amount of scheme we have in and now you know, these last couple of weeks heading up to Miami, you're going to polish up and, and gear everything to That's your sports update. I'm Paul Porter. News, insight, passion. AM 930, the answer. In 1967, Arab forces attempted to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Six days later, Israel had triumphed. Honor the 50-year anniversary of this historic triumph by joining Mike Gallagher and Dennis Prager for Stand with Israel, a nine-day odyssey celebrating Israel's past, present, and future. October 22nd through November 1st includes luxury accommodations and safe transportation. Stand with Israel. For information and reservations, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. Honey, someone's in the house. Go check it out. Hey, check it out. You're the one all about gender equality. You go and take this plastic coat hanger for protection. Are you kidding me? Gender equality? I knew my mother was right about you. Why, I'm gonna... Ah, it's Mr. Boots. Don't be this couple. Ditch the hanger and head to the bullet hole in Sarasota for the right gear and guidance when it comes to personal protection. The bullet hole, corner of Orange and Dolphin in downtown Sarasota. With the SRN News Business Brief, I'm Rich Thomason. A lackluster trading day on Wall Street as the key averages bounce between small gains and losses. Amazon will close on its $13.7 billion buyout of Whole Foods Market on Monday, plans to cut prices on grocery staples. Mexico's crude oil output has fallen below 2 million barrels per day for the first time since comparable records were kept starting back in 1990. LG Electronics has broken ground in Tennessee on the site of the South Korean appliance manufacturer's first washing machine plant in the U.S. On Wall Street today, stocks ended lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 29 points. The blue chips closing at 21,783. The Nasdaq was down 7 points, and the S&P shed Five points. With business, I'm Rich Thomas. The Mike Gallagher Show. This has been a ridiculous few days in this country. It's sad. It's infuriating. It is heartbreaking. The loss of this young life was so needless and absolutely wasted. Weekday mornings at 9 on AM 930. The answer. AM 930. Stress saver. Traffic report. Good afternoon, 75 northbound, slow ride around University Parkway and the DeSoto Bridge. Some northbound delays across so far the Business 41 and the Skyway looking good. State Road 64, earlier crash around Oakleaf Boulevard still has eastbound jammed up all the way back past 27th Street East. 
little slow on uh, 9th Street East, north and southbound around 44th Avenue East. And State Road 70, some westbound delays before Lockwood Ridge, University Parkway, Fruitville, Beer Ridge, Clark Road's all looking pretty good. And not much to slow your ride in the Venice area. Laurel Road, 681, Tamiami Trail, Venice Avenue, and the Jack Rata Boulevard area all in good shape. Dave Kosh on FM 93.7, 102.1, and AM 930, The Answer. We're back, Bill Bunkley here, and I got a question for you. Have you ever thought about what it's like to build a business and then to reach the milestone of 25 years? And I mean to do that with, with excellence and integrity? Well, we're celebrating 25 years since Roger Rivard started Rivard Buick GMC. And we are delighted to be getting the story about uh, how this family-owned dealership is the number one Sierra dealership in all the state of Florida last month, and they are consistently number one all around our area, including all the way over to Daytona. Why? Well, you know, you go to some of those uh, corporate-owned dealerships, and uh, you know you got a bunch of people out in the parking lot, and they're just trying to hustle you in, and, hey, get your name on the paper, and, hey, you got to buy this, got to do this, got to do that. You see five or six people, your head is spinning, and uh, sometimes you leave with the keys and don't even know what happened to you. That is not the Rivard Buick GMC way of doing business. Why? I'm going to tell you what, uh, either Roger or his son, Cade, are going to be right there on property anytime that dealership is open. And I want to tell you that uh, they're interested in treating you like, well, a person. And what that means is they're highly trained staff that's going to greet you the moment that uh, you have an interest in going to get your best deal on a 2017 GMC Sierra. They're going to greet you, shake your hand, because they're not interested in just selling you one car, one truck. Right now, they're interested in a relationship. And I want to tell you, 25 years and being number one has a lot to do with once you become part of the family at uh, Rivard Buick GMC, you're going to come back year after year after year. Well, I'll tell you what, I am delighted because right now I'm driving one of their uh, 2017 GMC Sierra 1500s. It's got the uh, Premium Plus Pack, and I mean the, 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 the Bose radio, the leather seats. And by the way, if you want to check mine out, it is the one with the onyx black color. Just absolutely beautiful. My, my wife loves this color, by the way. Um, you can have the truck that I am in right now, and that pickup truck can take $10,500 off. Now, remember this. You're going to get your very best deal at Rivera Buick GMC, and that's what I believe. Why? When you're the number one dealer, and when I give you a website in just a second, and you check out every car, every truck that's on that lot, You can check it out, and guess what? All of them, all of them aggressively priced under the sticker price. So go right now to RevardBuickGMC.com, RevardBuickGMC.com. Don't you dare even think about buying a GMC anywhere else until you take that drive to Rivard Buick GMC, located just off I-75 in Brandon, just a mile west on Highway 60. Uh, you can call them right now at 813-620-6500, 813-620-6500. Get yourself a real truck, a real truck with a steel chassis, and one that is going to absolutely be a head-turner. Uh, go right now to RivardViewGMC.com and take that ride. You're going to save some money and tell them Bill Bunkley sent you. All right, going to get ready to wrap up our first hour of the Bill Bunkley Show here on this Thursday afternoon. And... Um, 
want to just give you an update. Um, we found uh, a breaking story from the Wall Street Journal. Give you this update very quick. The White House is uh, soon to tell the Pentagon not to admit individuals who are transgender folks into the armed forces. That um, we're hearing that when this is released, uh, it would reinstate the ban uh, that was talked about on July 26th. And uh, we're understanding that when this comes out, it uh, may well include instructions to reject the applicants who want to come forward. And again, Wall Street Journal is who broke this story actually last night, uh, citing unnamed, unnamed U.S. officials familiar with the matter. According to the memo's direction, the military is to stop admitting transgender people and for current transgender troops. The Pentagon should consider a service member's ability to deploy when determining whether to expel them. And um, that, again, is citing officials. Uh, Also, an important aspect, the memo also instructs the Pentagon to stop paying for transgender troops' medical treatment um, to change sex. And uh, that is something that has been of concern of many. Uh, We're talking about uh, a a very large price tag. And similar to troops, um, individuals who wanted to get a college education and couldn't uh, afford one, uh, that has uh, military service has been a way for individuals to join uh, the military and then get that uh, benefit to be able to go to uh, college afterwards. And there is uh, certainly some reports out there talking about the fact that when this was implemented, Again, that is a very expensive process, not only for the surgery, but for the hormone treatments, that um, it was a little bit of social engineering, according to some, that you would let people join the military, and then they could get their um, sex change operations, um, according to Wall Street Journal, and uh, how the president uh, released a previous tweet on that. That's going to have the specific direction coming out uh, in a matter of weeks. Well, that'll wrap up our first hour of the Bill Bunkley Show. And as always, we are delighted to have you with us coming up in just a minute to get uh, updates coming out of Washington, D.C. Jay Sekulow will be along on AM 860 and 930. Al be heading over to 57910 and 102.1. And uh, we'll have uh, Dr. Albert Moeller, Jr. be with us uh, to talk about that and uh, an event of the Christian Chamber of Commerce. That's going to be on my show. And for all others, including the biz, that have to leave us right now, it's been my honor to be with you yet again today. Look forward to meeting you right here for some answers tomorrow at 4. The Answer, WLSS Sarasota, FM 103.1, W276CR Bradenton, and FM 93.7, W229BR Bayshore Gardens. This report is brought to you by the Bullet Home of Sarasota. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Parts of the Texas coast are bracing for Hurricane Harvey, which continues to grow in power. Corpus Christi Mayor Joe McComb says while the city's evacuation order is not mandatory... If folks don't get out, there will be no one to save them. I think people are smart enough to make their decisions, and they don't need the government telling them what to do. But at some point in the storm, let me reiterate, there will come a time that rescue operations will cease, and everybody has to go in and protect themselves. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.